Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to a special edition of Generally Irritable. I'm really excited to have on my incredibly talented and handsome husband, Benjamin Nathaniel Reddick II, aka the Violence Conductor, aka uh, Director of Austin Action Fest, on today to talk about some movies and culture. Talk yeah. a little bit about culture, but specifically about movies and how we as political people interact with culture, movies, film, and kinda, uh, you know, look at the, the dichotomy that people are drawing or the comparison that people are drawing between films like Indiana Jones and, uh, and um, Sound of Freedom. So welcome, Benjamin. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Both uh, two interesting movies. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about them. So I really wanted your perspective, particularly as a filmmaker and a person who produces movies, who helps get movies funded, uh, as the Austin Action Fest and market director, because you're seeing movies, you're seeing submissions, you're seeing what people around the country and around the world, you know, what they're submitting to your festival and calling action, what it is people want to see. I'm I like that, what they're calling action. I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just generally, you know, what's going on in the film industry and, and how that helps shape our culture. So we've got a lot of folks right now comparing two movies that are out at the same time that to me are, are actually very different, right? We've mm -hmm. got Indiana Jones mm. and we've got Sound of Freedom. Okay. Both have been classified as action movies, mm -hmm. uh, but very different in the way that they're produced, the way that they're marketed, and the way that they're being perceived by people out in the world. Yeah. And and so we'll talk a little bit. We'll do your usual rating system, right? We'll give it a one through five blades, uh, which I think is worthwhile to do. Yeah. But I wonder if you can speak a little bit to get us started as a foundation for the conversation. You know, people are comparing these two, two movies. Mm -hmm. One, Indiana Jones is this massive Hollywood blockbuster Copy. put out by Disney. Mm, that's, that's interesting. Made for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. That has to make hundreds of millions of dollars more than that Correct. to be able to break even in comparison to a movie that costs about 15 million to produce. Okay. Also once at once upon a time owned by Disney who chose not <laughs> to distribute it and who that really only needs to make back, you know, a, a fraction of the production budget to, uh, to, to make back its money and to pay back its investors. So yeah. if you would talk a little bit about 
the business of Hollywood and kind of how, is it even a fair comparison? Well, first and foremost, if I'm not mistaken, um, reported budget of Sound of Freedom is 14 and a half million, 15 million dollars. Okay. Which is still a low budget movie. I mean, that's not By a, Hollywood standards. That is nowhere near what you pay to make a blockbuster. Whereas, Della Destiny is at 300 million. I mean, the, if I'm not mistaken, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81, the budget for that movie is 20 million. <laughs> Which in today's dollars might be like... It's a joke. That, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just a, it's a joke to compare these two types of films. They're not the same kind of film. Um, they're not going to have the same kind of budget. Now they did have, they both did have quality actors. And I think that Sound of Freedom had more, was more of a passion project um, and had a purpose. And when you mm. have a, one of the things that's happening is people are talking about what's happening at the box office. And there's a difference between a movie that is fantastic and a movie that is poignant and timely and there's a mm. a cause or something that people are rallying around that cause you to rally around it right it's not the same it's it's me it's me running down the street to jog because it's fun and it's another uh a five-year-old boy saying i'm going to jog around the block for to cheer for to raise money for cancer okay mm. i could be better at running obviously than this kid but there's no way i'm going to raise more money than that than that kid so in that sense i think it is a little bit of an unfair com comparison but we don't really care yeah because no matter what you're talking about it's marketing and i mean mm. it isn't like they couldn't have went that angle with dollar destiny they could have had something like a, a purpose or slavery or child trafficking or something be involved in their yeah. marketing campaign. Made it more of a message Don movie. Donated to children. I mean, it's Disney. Shouldn't you be donating to children? They chose not to go that route. So in that sense, when it comes down to the pure business of show business, which I like to talk about, there's more words, letters in business than there are on show. <laughs> um, it is a fair comparison because they're both movies competing for screen space. Oh, true. And who can get who in seats? Now, I know Angel.com um, and, and Sound of Freedom are, you know, people are buying tickets for other people to see the movie. It reminds me of the energy around Disney when they had Black Panther come out. Mm. Everyone will tell you it's the greatest movie that was ever made. That's that's not accurate. Um, I have feelings about that movie. It was good. And it was great. I loved what they did. It but. was the first time seeing the culture displayed that way. However... Was it better than the other Marvel movies? I don't. I don't think that it was better. But there was a cause. Yes. People got people emotion. got to a rally behind it. Seeing black people be excellent, black excellence, um, a original black character yep. that we got to see be awesome. Correct. So people were all about that. So in that sense, at the end of the day, it they're both doing the same business. And it's not my fault if you can't market as well as me. Well, and that's what, so let's see. So it, so Indiana Jones was like 300 million to make. Mm -hmm. So far it's made back 250 million. Okay. Sound of Freedom cost 14 million to make. It's made 40 million well, at here's the a, box office. And I mind you, if you're splitting the box office, I think the first week or so you're splitting 50-50. Mm. So if they did they, it's probably reporting total revenues, gross ticket sales. Right. That is different than 
what actually well i think i guess my point is yeah. uh sound of freedom has d more Correct. than doubled its Correct. budget back Correct. whereas dial of destiny hasn't even hit it yet hasn't even hit it. come close to hitting it yet right and so it's it's interesting like you said is that all because of cause like people are rallying around the cause of children yeah. Or is it because it's just a better made movie? I don't think that it is. I'm going to be honest with you as an action person. It is not a better made movie. Mm. It is a far more impactful movie. It is a far mm. more unique movie. If you haven't watched something like Contraband or something like that before. There's other movies that deal with trafficking, but they don't deal with it as directly as I've seen Sound of Freedom. At least the ones I've seen didn't. And they didn't have Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel has, he has street cred. Yeah. He was Jesus. I don't know what to tell you. That did, dude went through a whole lot being Jesus, and because of that, he's going to get special credits. Did you know that that dude got struck by lightning? The final shot of uh, of um, Passion of the Christ, he got struck by lightning. That was one of the reasons he was out of acting for a while. It's commitment. Wild. It's commitment. I'm telling you what. Yeah. Uh, so... I think that has that plays a part in it, and he yeah. seems to be very sincere. Yeah. Um, and they have they like I said they carved this out as a purpose movie, mm -hmm. and the, the the story behind Sound of Freedom is now getting coming to light. Yeah. And it is if you're combining that with you know uh, uh, what's the what's the movement they were talking about with in Hollywood, um, I can't remember what it was, but. Uh, if you're combining it with all the stuff with like the wine scene, people oh, being taken like advantage of, and times up, all this stuff, you're yep. combining with that, you know, children are the name of the game right now. People are talking about it. Yeah, stuff like all the okay out. rumor. Oh yeah, that's that was one of the things. I, I, I know I, I, I was I was talking about trying not to make this too political. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the comp the cuties comparison a little bit later, so I want to yeah. put a pin in that about filmmaking and why uh, why this is important. Yeah, but the, um, I mean, the point I'm just saying is that it's at the right time. And correct. part of marketing is, are you doing it at the right time? Mm. Well, and really, one of the things I've said is, I don't think it's a fair comparison, partially at least because the uh, uh, Sound of Freedom, it, while being billed an action movie, is not an action, movie. not an action movie. There's not a bunch of uh, running around, doing tumbles, massive stunts, you know, gunfire, no. all of this stuff. It's Indiana Jones, uh, first of all, it's also, for being a PG-13, I think, r rated Disney movie, Indiana yeah. Jones, there is a lot of people getting killed, uh, murdered, um, you know, you know, you really dis. I came away really disliking the oh, going right into the it. the okay. uh, female the okay. lead antagonist. Let's um, talk about it. Okay, yeah. So we're going right into the right. Let's into, do it. Generally, okay. Over top, in general, in that movie, I'd probably give it. The problem with a lot of movies now, I would like to give them higher or lower. It's average. Mm. Plot wise, it. Plot-wise and story-wise, actually, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to even go lower. It is a Hollywood movie. It should be better than it was. It gets two out of five oh. blades. Yeah, it was not It's good. not that original. It just isn't. Wait, is this the plot line or overall? Over, I'm just talking about plot line. Plot like, line. Plot, the story, two characters, blades. acting. 
I like most of the other characters, but it's a remake. I mean, not a remake. It's a it's a it's a sequel. So it's, yeah, it's not like you had to get all creative with the way you wrote it. You had the top budget to hire mm -hmm. the best actors. You have, I mean, like. Oh, you got the sad old man who's, yeah. you know, divorced and his son died. I mean, Which is it's played very out. tropey. It's very tropey. Yeah, but it's played out. They've yeah. been doing this forever. And the same thing somewhat going on. I mean, he played the same guy in Star Wars. Oh, my God, he does. Oh, man. He's the same it guy. He's literally like, oh, my son is sad and my wife is mad. Oh, my, oh God. My oh, gross. Got his little freaking emo freaking uh, son up here. Paint his we black, have to tear his down. His nails black, hates his friends and his parents. Yeah, we got to tear down the main male character yeah. and, you know, make him as sad and pathetic as possible yeah. that needs to, like, recapture Look, his and in this, vigor. And in this, instead of it being Kylo Ren, he's got... His his son died, and then he gets a freaking goddaughter who is also basically Who's Kylo it? Ren. She's on the bad side, and blah blah blah. Yep. It's a redemption arc. And and then the the goddaughter has the younger yep. sidekick, just like in the original Indiana Jones movies. Yep. I'm not so, even calling her by her name, Phoebe Waller. Nope, your name is her name is now Kylo Bay. <laughs> it's Kylo Bay for the rest of the, the rest of this conversation. You are so ridiculous. It's true. She is, and what's so disappointing is, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, you see her as, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, she's just another Mary Sue, right? Where she comes in and she's great at everything and she, her, you know, she doesn't really have a character arc. Yeah. And I would say, not only does she not have a character arc, she, I mean, she really does not have a character arc. She is not redeemed by the end of this movie. Um, I do not see her. I don't see her, number one, being redeemed emotionally, where, you know, she starts out basically trying to get Indiana Jones freaking murdered by Nazis well, and the CIA. She's trying to get something. I, mean, I guess, spoiler alert. That's I mean, this a, movie yeah, has this been out for a while. Yeah, it's, it's a, what, if you ain't watch it, it's Spoilers. She's okay. not trying to get him murdered. She's that is doing an absolutely unfair characterization, however. That, here's the thing. She's doing something that you would think, oh, wow. Something that a little girl would do. You know how a little girls and little boys in movies will do something, get everybody in trouble, and it's like a whole problem, and you let it ride because they're children? She's like a 30-year-old woman. Daddy. So, so she's trying to steal something from really bad people who will kill you, and she ropes her goddaughter, godfather into it and gets his staff murdered. So... Gets his staff murdered and knows she's knows she's putting him in a position to also be hurt or murdered. And doesn't care. And I mean the my this character is all daddy issues. Ooh. That's the one thing that I would say is interesting about the critiques mm -hmm. that I've heard from other movie critics is you know, she's a Mary Sue or whatever. Okay. I actually think she's a very pathetic character. Golly. Um, she is all daddy issues. Her behavior, you know, oh, oh manizing and doing this and, you know, not caring about other people. She is the epitome of daddy issues. 
her mom, I guess, must have died or something. I don't know or understand that. But then her dad goes crazy and dies. Yeah. And then Indiana Jones isn't around to be there for her, who would be her godfather. Yeah. And so she is, I mean, luckily she's just a thief and not a stripper, uh, you know. But daddy issues show up in one way or another. Wow, so you don't think sex work is work? Okay. I'm just saying. Um, the point, um, the yes. I think she's a Mary Sue in the sense that she comes in day one, no training, no nothing, and she can keep up with Indiana Jones. She's as smart, if not smarter at times. She's doing everything he's basically doing at a younger age. And if you look at the way, when you look at the pure action of the sequences, she doesn't get scathed at all. Mm. She's outsmarting everyone. She's brawling hand to hand, slapping people with bottles. Here's what I will say. Um, when it comes to the to the equality meter, I'm gonna give it, oh, I'm gonna give it probably a, I'll give it a five out of 10. Nope, our scaling, two out of five. Mm. Here's the reason why. My favorite character in the entire show, well, let me start first. So she's the main reason people don't like this movie. Mm. And I don't blame Phoebe Waller-Bridge or whatever her name no. is. I blame the directors and the writers. And the yep, right, directors you guys and writers made her unlikable. Correct. You're, you're you're trying to make her a stunning, brave, beautiful woman. First and foremost, anyone watching that movie is not looking at that woman and going, "Oh man, she's a beautiful, femme fatale, Scarlett Johansson type." She does not look like that. She looks like she knows how to read books well. Correct. And that's I'll I'll let you finish. I'm not trying to be rude here. She looks like a head librarian. Yeah. She does not look like the stunning, marvelous no. woman. She doesn't she's come not across as game. She's not overcoming massive, um, uh, you know, obstacles. Um, you know, okay, so she climbs a wall faster than Indiana yeah. Jones. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't see her as this, oh, I'm such a badass and I'm so Correct. cool. and. I, I I think they were trying to do that. Like, oh, problem, you're keeping up with a, you know, 60-year-old man. The thing is that the guy, barely. you can do that as, I think part of it is like, as a guy, you could have a mediocre guy and the guy's got a bunch of game and stuff and he gets to play Playboy, World Traveler and whatever and get away with it. Very rarely, do you, you don't, that's not a thing for women typically in movies or in life in mo most opinions. Where a girl is super, super mediocre looking and has no game, doesn't seem particularly... No muscles. She's not like... No, I mean like, she's not like a seductress. Oh. Yet, she's got the Scarlett Johansson. Everybody wants her. They're willing to die for her. Oh, Weird yeah, the fiance. that they're trying the to beginning. do. Like, here's, a, here's, a, here's part of my quality score. Do people hurt, beat on women as if they are credible threats? No, she doesn't get punched, kicked, stabbed, body slammed. She didn't have to go through any of that, which makes her not as tough as everybody else, but she, you're keeping your protagonist clean. However, the other women in the movie did not get that same treatment. So mm. I will, I will. And that's for as much as I critique movies like Atomic Blonde for being unrealistic and she stupid, she got, at least she got punched in the face yes. and flipped over she and endured. you saw her bruised. And it. beaten. She got, she, uh, she endured pain and, and commitment and focus. Kylo Bay, mm. nothing. Kylo Bay. 
Not a thing. Kyla Bay was flawless and, and elegant. And what is this thing? Okay, the other equality thing. Okay, here's, I'm gonna have a half the chart. Do the male antagonist, antagonist fight you like a credible threat? Not mm. slapping and pushing. Do they stab, punch, and kick? Yeah. Like no. they would a dude. No. No, they don't. Um, number two. How often does your beauty come up as a point of conversation about how beautiful you are? When we talked about um, Dungeons & Dragons with Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, mm. the reason that was cool was that Michelle Rodriguez isn't an unattractive woman. Yeah. In that movie, when she plays a barbarian, they don't talk about it. Yeah. If she's pretty, if they think she's pretty, okay, whatever. We're going to go on with our day. People don't just talk like that. Yeah. In this movie, she literally tells you that she's stunning and beautiful. Well, and that's, like, uh, what are we doing? Why? But if the character has to tell you themselves that but, they're stunning and beautiful. But it doesn't like, matter. But the point is why in these movies like Wonder Woman, it became another. Everyone wants her. We got to talk about it all the time. If, if Why? Here's the thing. If you don't want me to focus on that, then don't focus on that. You're sexualizing yourself. And if you want to do that, be, scar be, be Scarlet and go all in, use it, and uh, appreciate the attention that you get. But you don't get to like use it sometimes and then over here, I can't believe people are sexualizing these characters. I'm only talking about how she looks because she said she was beautiful. And then she's got these people who are top tier dudes pursuing her wanting to marry her and she's like running around like, oh, I don't even want his, I'm not even uh. interested. It was just bail money. And I was like, first and foremost, if that was a dude that was doing that. <gasps> oh my was, God, can how, you imagine? Oh, the yeah. misogyny. Think about the toxic it. masculinity. James Bond pulls it off, but at the same time, James Bond is constantly risking his life for the world. Well, James so Bond's he earns also, it back. James Bond's also been canceled though. Like well, James yes. Bond now, He's it's also not okay. <laughs> that Sad old man trope. Oh my God. Okay. So, no, but, but at least he earns it back. And I think the problem with that female character with, with Kylo Bay is that she does not do enough to earn it back. So it's like, she oh, doesn't. she's a dirt bag at level negative 10. A hero's at positive 10. She's at negative 10. By the end of the movie, she only gets to like maybe baseline. Maybe. She doesn't save the world. She, she only saves her own people. Yeah. And it, she, doesn't, she doesn't have a major redemption it's arc not, yeah. where she like realizes what a dirtbag mm -hmm. she is. And there is a lot of murder. Um, oh, the yeah. kid murders somebody in this movie. The child yeah. murders somebody it's and then murder. just moves on. Um, she's getting all these people killed and yeah. they're not and, like punching her in the face. And endangering a child. And, uh, I, With no it, abandon, she's not trying to protect him. She's just like, yo, get in here. Let's it's get chased by weird. bullets. It's great. And so th by the end, she, you know, she's, uh, you know, barely, barely scratching the surface of redemption. But yeah. there's no, <sighs> yeah, moving on. So the point is that she's, she is what everybody has mostly been complaining about. Yeah. And they don't like to see in, their heroes, Indiana Jones, just be a decrepit old man who, he's, he's ineffective. Um, yeah. And I think they do a good job of trying to make him like prove that he's not as ineffective. Yeah. And that's, it's just we keep hearing the same story. It's with Nick Fury. It's with the old the other James Bond. They keep with, with Clint Barton. It's with Hawkeye. Every one of these movies, are, oh, let's get rid of the men to bring in a woman. It's like, if you did that once or twice, it's one thing. 
You guys are doing it in all Everything. the media across the way, and so it looks awkward, and we're getting tired yeah. of that of that line. And I will say, um, you know, uh, I I've learned, especially not to listen to the critics. Mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent, some of the critiques are valid, yeah. but they don't make him look as stupid yeah, and inept no. as they're trying to say. Correct. There's only one time where, you know, she she climbs up a wall faster than him. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, he's 60 and been shot several times and yes. stabbed and gone through everything. That's the only time, in my opinion, that That's she clear. outshines him. Um, she still needs him. The bad guys still need him. They yeah. can't kill him. He knows stuff that she doesn't know. He's still super smart and capable and whatever. So the critics are definitely making it out to be worse than it yeah. is. It's not as bad as they're making it out. But, you know, they're critics and that's but, how they make them. And money. so, and also there's a certain amount of Disney's catch and hate watching. And this is where part of oh, it comes. Oh, yeah. Here's where it comes from, like, uh, the stuff like Bud Light, the stuff like yep. um, with Sound of Freedom. So in relation to that, Disney had the rights to distribute Sound of Freedom, and they didn't. They wanted to take all the God stuff out of it. All, uh, when we say all the God stuff out, it's not guys, that much. It's literally two lines. It's like three. It's maybe three. Uh, no, I don't think so. He says God's children are not for sale. Correct. And he quotes one Bible verse mm -hmm. that's like when three the other, when words. You, when the other dude says, like, if God tells you what to do, you don't. Oh, wait. you do. Whatever. Oh, so yeah, like you're right. Lines. Okay, so three lines. So the point is not, it's not a very preachy Christian movie. It's not at all. And here's the thing. It's based on a true freaking story. So if the dude is Christian and his faith was a reason, one of the reasons why he... Okay, here's, here's, here's the argument to make. If he went to go do that because the kid was LGBTQ and they wanted, you know, LGBTQ children are not for sale, I swear on everything I own, that movie would have been released before yep. it even got made. Yep. That's how fast they would have released it. They would have released it before Jim and the boys even shot. Yeah, literally. But because he mentioned God, it's not it's not square. And so and one like, of the But here's the thing. So if that's the case, then your agenda of not wanting to alienate whoever with a couple references to God is more important than spreading the word about as a child company, a company based around children, more important than spreading the word about children is your agenda to not offend people with God's name coming up once or twice. And then you wonder why people say things like, okay, groomer. And that's why your movie's getting hate watch. And that's why Disney is catching a lot of flack. All these new Marvel movies and things that come out, they're not all that terrible. I mean, some of them are not that great, but they're not horrible movies. It's just people don't like you. And so now they want to destroy you. Well, and that's the thing. There was one line in particular where they're talking about, oh, I stole the dial from you, and I stole the dial from you, and I stole the dial from you. That's called capitalism. Mm. And I was like, mm. actually, no, that's called socialism, because yeah. socialism says, I have the right to come and take out of your pocket whatever I feel like I want, because I feel entitled to it. Again, yeah. daddy issues. Capitalism is the free exchange of goods and services. Correct. Okay, so no, that's not called capitalism. You literally said something that is like stupid and untrue yeah. um, to get some messaging out there. But if Jim Caviezel wants to say the children of God are not for sale, that's not okay. 
Yeah. Again, y y and then you wonder why people say things like, okay, groomer, or you get hate watched, or you get, um, you, you, or you take massive hits to your stock price. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's all that reason. And so that's what, when you talk about, you know, coming back to this idea of show business, mm -hmm. right? This is why it is, it's so strange to me that Disney seems to really be trying to speak to a very specific demographic of people rather than the American people or a yes. global marketplace. And this is when I say, and I want to be clear because people are going to probably take what I'm saying out of context. Um, Disney has a right to do whatever they want to do. Cor but they're true. not... They're not doing this in an even-handed way. You're right. Okay. If your deal is you want to be as inclusive of a company as possible. I mean, I thought you already were, but okay. Let's say that's the case. So if you know, if you, if the issue is that there's like Christian and LGBTQ issues that don't intersect well, let's say that's an issue. Promoting this and not promoting this is not being inclusive. That's right. It's not inclusive. You are not being inclusive when you do that. That's right. If you're willing to say, we want to put as much gay stuff as possible in our movie, um, and this is not a moral, I want to be clear, I'm not making a moral judgment. I'm Correct. making a business choice decision and looking at this as a businessman saying, if you got half the country that likes this and half the country that lands somewhere over here and you push this hard every minute you get, but you can't take a mention or two or three of God in a in a movie based on someone's real life you're telling people what you want to include and what you want to exclude and you don't get to be you do not get to be mad about the backlash and and at a time when you're being accused of being groomers and all this other stuff and then you deprioritize a movie that is specifically about saving children from child trafficking. Uh, it's a weird choice. It's a rough, it is a rough decision that will have, is having ramifications and they get to do whatever they want. I just, I don't care. People get to do whatever they want to do. Like you get to make whatever movie you want to make with your money. You get to live your life, man. You don't get to do those things and then tell In me. In a vacuum. Yeah, you don't get to do those things and then tell me how I have to perceive it or how I have to feel about it. Correct. That's not going to happen. You don't get, that's not what freedom's about. Yeah. You get to do your thing. It will not necessarily come without some level of consequence. So, so speaking of consequences, you've got Indiana Jones. They make the movie. So we've said two out of five blades yep. on plot. Yep. Um, I would, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, uh, hands. So when, it yeah, comes to, when it comes to that action, Indiana Jones is probably, I'd probably give it a, Four out of five. Really? On action. Only because it was a bunch of stunts. You had a bunch of explosions. Mm. That train sequence oh, right that in the was beginning. Good. The train was, sequence was, was good. It was a lot of fun. Again, two train sequences you have. Uh, extraction 2 than this one. Um, I, I think Extractions was better. But yeah. it's Indiana Jones. I'm not expecting him to do the same kind of thing. Yeah. But it was fun. And it was very well shot. And it was exciting. I don't understand. Only thing I have a problem with Indiana Jones is I would carry a pistol or a knife, I don't understand just the whip because you yeah. still end up stabbing and shooting people. 
So you're just going into the gunfight un, 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 unprepared. unprepared. Stupid. I, this is, unfortunately, this isn't about the action. Just side note, mm -hmm. the CGI to make him look younger oh. and stuff, it, it definitely invoked the Uncanny Valley. Ah. It was very awkward and uncomfortable. I understand that's separate, but they did it at all the times that they were doing, it was all action sequences. Okay. And so it, or a lot of the times it was when it was during that opening sequence when they're trying to make him look younger. And it's very, very awkward. See, I have to zone in because I don't normally catch mm. those issues. They don't bother me as much because mm. I'm looking at the overall sequence more so. I don't always catch that, but I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, there, I will yeah. say, you know, to a certain extent nowadays, it can be hard, especially once you do become a film critic. Yeah, to not see that. To shut your brain off. Yeah. And can I go just watch this movie for the sake of watching the movie for the for the blasts and the falls and the showmanship of if, it? If I know I'm going into that, like if you say, hey, we're going to go watch Fast and the Furious. I'm gonna turn my brain down to thirty, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna grab a beer, and I'm just gonna sit in the chair, and I'm not gonna overthink anything. I overthink it to make a joke. Realistic and yeah, It's stupid. It is ridiculous at this point. Yeah, but it's not supposed to be serious, so I'm okay with that. I'm fine with watching it, but I have to know ahead of time. Indiana Jones, I never thought of that way, so I could see how you could. It would be a little bit of an issue, but yeah. Overall, I give the action four out of five. It was fun. He was fighting. They were doing that cool set pieces. Um, had a lot of chases, a lot of wild stuff with the vehicle chasing. It was basically Fast and the Furious. Oh my gosh! With Rick Except with like, yeah, that was like so funny. It wasn't tuck, BMWs yeah. and freaking, yeah, you know, like uh, crazy Plane, stuff. Old planes and. I mean, oh, those yeah. are some crazy set pieces they did. I'm, I, maybe they'll CGI. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was good. It was it was a fun. Here's the thing. I would give four out of five. So two out of five on that. So we're looking at what really average about three out of five. Yeah. If you're an action person, the movie is fine. It's not weird. It does it. It's nowhere near as bad as people told me it was gonna be. And I'm learning too because yeah. I've been turned off from a few movies where I'm like, all right, well. The critics were saying it's bad. And then I watched and I'm like, well, there was some weird parts, but it wasn't that bad. I think overall I would give it three out of five blades um, with action and everything. And, and part of the reason why is the level of action, acting, and overall plot and everything does, does not justify the budget. Uh, this movie, to me, you know, I, 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 I don't know if it's all the CGI that costs so much money or whatever. To me, it was not worth the budget. It was not good enough to justify the, the budget. Yeah. And so that's why I think just generally diminished three out of five. I plates. would definitely give you that. $300 million is a lot for there to be some of the issues that we're talking about from a plot and story character. Deal. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna hand the the ropes off to her, mm -hmm. and I don't think that they've done enough to justify me thinking she's a hero or a good character. No. To me, she's still a she's daddy still a criminal. issues. As far as I can tell, she's still a criminal and she's still a bad person. She just doesn't hate her family. Yeah. I mean, who? Jeffrey Dahmer didn't eat his mom. That doesn't that doesn't I mean, make you the hero. That doesn't mean I'm gonna root for you in wow. the story. 
Wow, wow, wow. It just means that you didn't want, you're not willing to let your relatives and friends die. That's not a standard that makes you the lead protagonist. You're not a protagonist. Yeah. No. Nope. You're freaking selfish. I mean, yeah. that's not, that's par for the course. You're normal human. Oh, wow, here we go. So I don't think, I think they still have some work to do. And if yeah. they are going to continue with her as a lead, one, if she's going to do all the action stuff, you need to, you need to show me a training montage. You got to yeah. put some weight you gotta on. You got to give her, have her do some bicep curls. Do some okay. CrossFit. Do some squats. Then, you know, let me see her really have some hands or some skills. Because I don't really believe, I don't believe she can do everything Indiana Jones can do. Nope. So I'm not with it. Not yet. Not yet. Especially if, a kid. Kid was keeping up with them. Yeah. If if you want to fix it, because the reason why, she's got to screw up with grown men. Like, I will give them credit. My favorite character in the whole movie was the uh, Nazi dude. I forget his name. But the henchman who was just murdering people. Okay. So when they go back in time, you know, Dial of Destiny, and... He's in a plane and it gets hit with like a harpoon or trebuchet or something like that. My man's thought isn't like fly up and avoid. He's like, no, F this. Jumps on a machine gun and is like, I'm going to murder these Romans. Yeah. In his <laughs> mind, when you bust shots, it's on. Let's rock. Yeah. That dude was committed to his craft yep. of villainry. That yep. was top tier villainry. Men, yep. women, children. He did not Don't care. care. He's killing whoever's Everybody. in the way. That was good hinging. I mean, he was unhinged, yeah. but he was dedicated to the cause. Oh, one of the henchmen was so stupid. That was a whole other thing. I'm not even, we're going to even skip past that. He put with the key and then, oh, yeah. and then now he drowns. Yeah. Like, get, well, oh, how did this happen? You got dragged through water by a child? Right. You want me to believe that? Um, you put the key in a pocket man. next to a thief. How does that make sense? And then get dragged by that oh, same so child stupid. underwater when you're a, like a 300 pound freaking. Well, I think he fell and dragged the kid underwater and then the kid out swam him. Give me. Yeah, but then well, you or just he was able to go through the hole and the kid. Yeah, but he through. but he's pulling him the whole way. He could have just like gone like this. And it been over with. I don't even remember, but uh, I do say anyway, it, was, it, was moving on. it was a dumb way to die. So overall, three out of five plays. Yeah, three out of five. Okay. It's worth watching. I don't think I'd spend more than 20 bucks to watch it. Definitely not. Um, but if you catch it, if you have reasonable if prices, you movie pass, a cheap, yeah, movie pass or cheap theater, man, it's, it's worth, it's a fun little weekend movie. It's fun. Okay. So then moving on to Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Knowing that it's really not an action movie, thriller. that it's really more like a thriller. They're both thriller, advent, more adventure, mm. thriller movie. It's it's like like Jason Bourne minus a bunch of gunfights and hand to hand. There's like a couple little scraps, but it's nothing. So can we use the regular Blade system for rating Sound of Freedom? Absolutely. Okay, so what do we say? Plot line. Oh, oh it's a four out of five, and I'm I'm, I'm listening. I, listen, I'm giving that that because. I am partial. Mm. This is an issue that matters to me. It is an issue that is not tackled well enough in Hollywood. And no one's right. touching it. So I'm not saying I'm not unbiased in my opinion. I work with youth. Yeah. This is a big issue to me. And I think children are just disregarded. And mm -hmm. so I love the, the, the premise, but it, seemed, it was well acted. The story is a real story. Yeah. I don't know how much they embellished, but according to the footage that you see BTS, it looks like they stayed pretty good. 
close to the real thing. So how, Yeah. I mean. So what, why not five out of five? I mean, perfect? Perfect is everything is awesome. Every actor is amazing. Mm. Premises. Blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever given a perfect five out of five score on plot in well, general. Here's, direction. here's why I here's why I'm I'm questioning it a little bit. And because we have seen maybe it's because I'm so used to Hollywood do, care, covering this stuff so poorly. Mm -hmm. um, so when you had the Netflix series Cuties. Right, talking about oh coming of age and all this stuff. One of the things I remember you commenting on is that when there is something happening on screen yeah. that is supposed to be like upsetting or horrifying to us, mm -hmm. um, particularly if you're trying to handle it in a way that is tasteful and tactful and PG-13. Correct. You don't actually show the thing happening. You don't show the person being killed yeah. or slashed. You don't see the blood and guts. You don't see the children twerking on stage and creating uh, pedophilic content that is going to be replayed by the exact people that you say are a problem, right? It's, it it's supposed to happen off screen and we're, uh, we're, the emotion and the knowledge is supposed to be evoked from the reactions of the characters, the well, other characters. There are times where you might want to show stuff so people really get shocked by the brutality of it. Mm. Um, but you don't have to. And I think when you're dealing with kids, you probably shouldn't. Mm. Because if you're, again, if you make that, you end up making basically porn for criminals. So I think that Cuties handled it in a raw gross way poorly and and the thing is like i've been to shows where kids do stuff like that and i was like i don't like this it's gross. i mean there's again my thoughts i'm like there's 85 million other styles of dance i mean you could break pop lock you could be locking you could tut you could freaking clog you could ballet why does it have to be shaking your butt in pelvic thrust at a crowd i just I know some people say that that's not adult stuff, but in my opinion, in my in my education, in my knowledge, those are adult dances that simulate sex. I don't know what else to tell you. Like, they that's what that's what I see. So and so that's why I think Sound of Freedom does so well that other genres or other movies we've seen don't do well. Um, you know, they don't show you anything, but you know exactly what is going to happen. And so the acting in this movie to me was phenomenal. I'll give it that. Yes. And so I, maybe that's not plot line. So I guess that's a. Separate well, I mean, in general, kind of the general overall, we can just we pretty much give this one an overall. I mean, yeah. everything it's very well shot, very well done. It does not look cheesy. Yeah. Um, the, it, it looks it, like a Hollywood movie. Looks like a Hollywood movie. It is well acted. The sets are good. Good locations. Um, the the DP, uh, the director of photography, your camera guys doing work. Yeah, your I'll get the direction of the kids. I probably would have given it four and a half if you think about how well the kids acted. Oh wow! There yeah. were things the children were doing that was like, if you think about, if you think about what is going on the weight of the stuff you're watching. Mm -hmm. So for instance, there's a kid and the kid goes through things and uh, is rescued, right? There's one child that happens. And that child 
hugs the, uh, the dude, right? And you're thinking like, man, think about what just happened. This little kid's been abused for a stretch of time by, it, the, by men. Clearly there's women involved because they do show some women as well, which is cool. They prominently yes. feature women in here. Because yep. I don't think, I think when people paint, it's, it's just guys. It's not just it's guys not. doing stuff. Um, but they're showing you primarily guys coming in to be the actual physical abusers, right? The, the clientele. For that kid to be willing to touch someone, when the trauma probably would have led them to not even want to touch their own father. I was like, that hit me. And I was, ooh. And you seen the kid's face and the reaction. Like, those moments were... And if you think about what's happening and the fact that this is real, this yeah. is not fake, these things are happening, it's freaking wild. Yeah. And the fact that these people aren't celebrated as heroes are talked about... I mean, if you think about everything that Hollywood and everybody else wants to have conversations about. That's right. And the things that we dodge. What's stunning and brave. I'm like, so I hate to, I mean, I'm not trying to be knock this, but so Hollywood and all the movie things are saying that being a teacher is stunning and brave during COVID. You're saying mm -hmm. that being a nurse is stunning and brave. You're saying that. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney Dylan is Mulvaney stunning, is stunning and brave. And brave. But someone who goes into dangerous areas with cartels and criminals and rescues children who are being abused, that is not worthy of respect, honor, or even attention? I don't understand that. It's very strange. It's very... Uh, it makes me upset in a way that is... Like, it makes me upset. Yeah. That there are, there are slaves... There are more slaves now than when my people were slaves. That's right. There are, these children are slaves, and then there's other people who are sex slaves or, or labor Indentured. slaves. Yep. There's just slaves, and people don't seem to care. Approximately, what was it, 30 million <sighs> I don't even worldwide? Um, two million of those are children? Yeah. So there are more slaves now than there were during the North Atlantic slave trade. It is profitable business because of the callousness of people's hearts. Um, and I hate bullies in general. I don't like anybody who's really a bully. So I don't know. Besides government, I don't know what uh, is like the ultimate bully here. Yeah. is freaking criminals who just snatch people up. And have their way with them. I mean, that's a violation of their personal property rights and sovereignty. And that's what I think so. some of the interesting, there were things that I hadn't even considered mm -hmm. when I watched this, when I watched Sound of Freedom, which was cool to me. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a pretty well-educated person. You know, I watch the news. I keep up with these things. I, you know, I do research. I read books. And there's things that even I was really struck by thinking, you know, cartels are stealing people to bring them to the jungles of the, you know, Colombia to make drugs and create the drug market that is devastating this country. So at a, at a time when... We're talking about, you know, in a movie where we're talking about slavery and uh, what, you, you know, child or otherwise, 
you also realize to the extent that there's also like when you see the people dying on your streets, when you see the same people who are attacking the movie Sound of Freedom mm -hmm. also saying that it's okay to leave people dying of their addiction. Yeah. That, you know, both of these marketplaces are run by the same sick people and the government instead of going after them and doing everything that they can we have a open border um where 85,000 children have just been misplaced well and i i know i said i wasn't i was going to try not to make this political mm. but it it is it is just mind-boggling to me the suffering that is created by the lack of wow. care for the souls of human beings. That's what happens when you do too much navel gazing. Um, I think that, for instance, our country is so concerned about whether or not we have achieved a more perfect union. Mm. And part of the problem is that one of the ways you would do something like that is people serving interests that are not necessarily directly related to that. Mm. If our country was determined to push back this kind of abject, unequivocal, everybody agrees with it, bipartisan evil, it would do a lot to push us closer to a more perfect union. Instead, we're focusing on the thing. It's like bowling. When you bowl, you don't look at your ball. Mm. You look at the pins. Mm. And you throw your ball down the lane. You might sight some of those arrows down there for some, some checkpoints. But you don't look at the ball. If you're stuck staring at the ball, you can't aim. Mm. And you become better aiming out here. That's right. Not staring in here. That's right. And this is, and this is not political. This is easy. And this is not, you know, this is both sides. Like, I, you know, I want to be care. I know I said I would try not to drag you into my politics on this podcast. This is right, left, and center. It does not matter. Democrats, Republicans, uh, Libertarians, uh, you know, if we all got together and actually made the, you know, using your analogy, made children and the protection of children our priority, which is aiming at the pins rather than focusing on, um, you know, blaming each other or whatever our own political agendas were, how much better off would we be? Um, and how much less would we need movies like Sound of Freedom? Absolutely. So um, thank you, Benjamin, so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your thoughts and opinions on this, this movie. Uh, these movies, the comparisons, and really highlighting what you talk about all the time, right? It, that there is more letters in the word business. Uh, in how, did, how does it go? Say the show again? business, there's more letters in the word business than in the word show. And so I want you to take a minute to uh, share with the viewers about Austin Action Festival. You're, you specifically focus on action mm -hmm. and what, um, 
and that genre. What is it if it if it's if it's got kick and stab and chasing or jabbing? It can play in your as long as it got kick stabbing, chasing, jabbing, it can play. All right. Um, it's not a genre of action. It doesn't have to be the genre of action. We have sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, comedy, horror, drama, comedy. We get a lot of comedies. Um, none of that matters. It's just as long as there's enough action to justify it. Where an action fan like me would sit and watch your project. Yeah. So the less action you have, the better your project has to be. Yeah. That and then the better that little bit of action has to be. So that's just kind of the way it works. Um, we are focused on helping people uh, actually get paid to do film and entertainment because we believe if there is no business and if we can't do business, then there is no show. That is what it, that's what it, like what we talked about in the beginning of the show was marketing. It doesn't matter how great your movie is. There are fantastic movies sitting on dusty shelves that somebody got paid and a minimum guarantee in advance of $10,000 and however many, you know, against against whatever the gross receipts or net receipts of the project were going to be and never got moved anywhere, never got promoted. Those people got 10 grand for making a $100,000 movie and someone owned the rights of that movie for the next 10 to 15 years. They can't monetize it, can't do anything with it, and they're stuck. They got to make yeah. another movie. Yep. We don't want people to be stuck in deals like that and bullies. We don't want companies like a Netflix or a whomever to be able to bully you out of your project. We want you to be able to do something with it and make money and make a return for your investors and do good business. Not a bunch of not a bunch of passion projects. So what we're doing is instead of us complaining about it, navel gazing as filmmakers, we saw a need for it. We built a, a festival to promote and highlight action professionals. And then we're attaching a market. So we are bringing distribution and financiers so that you can actually make move money selling your project. I love it. And so where can our viewers go to not, because it's it's live here in mm -hmm. Austin, Texas, but yeah. they can also watch the films online. Correct. So tell everybody where they can go to either buy tickets here in Austin or watch the show, uh, the films online. The easiest way to do it, we're on Film Freeway, but the easiest way to do it is to go to austinactionfest.com. Uh, Please support these entertainment filmmakers. That's right. These entertainment entrepreneurs. We are on Instagram. I think we have a Twitter. Definitely on Facebook. Uh, we're doing some things on Rumble now. So please support, like, share these videos, comment on everything. And more importantly, support. We're looking for patrons for of the arts, people who just want to help move the arts along and help people make money. Uh, we're looking at forming a 501c3 in addition to everything else we're doing to help with some of the things we're doing. Um, we're looking for sponsors, businesses that want to be a part of facilitating this process and getting these people paid that's because right. that's what we're about. Like Angel.com where you can be an individual investor in making a movie, Austin Action Fest is, is looking to do the same thing. And so people go to filmfreeway.com. Uh, sorry, austinactionfest.com. There you'll find links to watch online or come see us live yeah. on Saturday, July 15th. Yes, ma'am. All right. So again, thank you, Lord Benjamin, Nathaniel Reddick II, the violence conductor. Thanks for coming on. Where can our viewers find you as well if they want to see your action? Because you've got some projects that have come out recently too. Yeah, on YouTube, we're Ballistic Blade Entertainment. That's my production company. On Instagram, you could find me under uh, 
The Violence Conductor. All right. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook under Lord Reddick. Benjamin Nathaniel Reddick II, I'm really easy to find. All right. There's not a lot of guys like me on there with that last name. So uh, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty easy to pick up on. And you have some pretty uh, very um, <laughs> prominent logos that are easy to spot. So thank yeah. you, Benjamin, for coming on. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge about show business. My pleasure. Y'all go see Sound of Freedom and go see Indiana Jones, but definitely see Sound of Freedom first. Absolutely. All right, guys. Peace.